0: Turn the channel. Go ahead, fool. Turn the channel. We've seen midgets grow. I don't make this stuff up. Warlocks are enemies of God. A lot of people who go into prison go into prison straight, and when they come out, they're gay. Science is interesting, and if you don't agree, you can f- off. Well, I'm not too righteous, but on the other hand, I think you're a bit of a ding If you want to learn something about God, shut your mouth and listen to me for a minute. Welcome to the AXPX episode 3 of season 3. I am Sean DeRager, and um, hope you all had a fantastic Halloween out of the, that we did. We did the whole trick-or-treat thing, and trying to keep track of our kids as they ran ahead of us, and they're all suffering from uh, sugar hangovers this morning, or today, so... Um, today's guest is Ron Compostine, and Ron and I kind of met over, uh, from just kind of like when it, with Blake, uh, through the Screamcast and we got to kind of talking back and forth through there and then through some things found out that, um, Ron is also a Christian, um, which makes me, it's like, there's a lot of Christians listening to the Screamcast, which is awesome. <laughs> But the reason why I wanted to have Ron on today is because we just got through October. And as I've said on the show before, and I've even said in the, the screencast before, is October is a rough month for my wife's family, for me, and then we it, we had suffered through um, another yet another like friend, um, another death, a friend dying, my next-door neighbor dying at the beginning of October and kind of threw my October into uh, kind of upside down dealing with that because normally... October. It's, uh, it's one of my favorite months. It's my birthday is during that month. It's Halloween, one of my favorite holidays. And just, it seems like every year there's more and more dealing with kind of the, the aftershocks of grief. And, uh, you and I were talking on, on Facebook, Ron, and, and you had mentioned, um, your story. So I was like, well, it'd be great to have Ron on. I and mean, I don't know, this, this conversation may be a bummer to some people. I don't know. Um, uh, if you've suffered through grief or anything like that, that's my hope is that you can listen to this podcast and kind of get some reassurance and and uh, and know that you know there's a way more people going through these than maybe you're you're aware of. So, um, so Rod, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. Of course, I wanted to kind of get start with how you grew up, like your religious background, your Christian background, and and we can. We can, I guess, move along the conversation from there.
1: I didn't really grow up in like a strong Christian home. I would say when I was in maybe like first or second grade, um, we started going to church on a somewhat irregular basis. Mm -hmm. And then we just kind of, like you do, you get busy, and we didn't really put churches as a priority. So I would probably say when I was in about third grade, we had this couple that lived across the street from us that were, were probably about 10 years older than my parents, and then they asked us to go to church with them, and then uh, it was a assembly of God, basically just a non-denominational Christian church. So we started going to church with them, and then my parents ended up going. So we were pretty active in that church, I would say, up until I was probably in junior high. Mm-hmm. So I had really great parents, great values and stuff. It's just I wouldn't say that Jesus or the Bible was a, a big focus, you know, it was, I was— brought up really well to do the right thing and just
0: you weren't like under the thumb of religion per se you know
1: (laughs) exactly yeah probably when i got into like junior high we kind of quit going to church again just because i didn't really see it as a, a big priority i was always kind of like when i was younger in church i accepted jesus as my personal savior and you know um i got bored a lot though like most kids do you know when you're in church and um, sitting through the sermons and stuff. And so, um, you know, when my parents didn't really make us go every, every week, you know, it didn't really bother me. I mean, a lot of times when you're a kid, you want to do other things than go to church sometimes. So to do it. Um, so yeah. And then, um, pretty much through like junior high and high school, I didn't really go to church hardly that much. Um, I had a, a best friend that was, his His family was Mormon, and um, he was kind of the same way, like his parents forced him to go to church, and then I think finally at some point they just gave up, you know, because they knew he wasn't going to, you know, conform to their beliefs and everything, so I, th- I think sometime after high school when I was going to college, I met some Christians, and I kind of got back into it, because started going to a few different churches just because I... I was kind of wanting, um, something a, a little bit more just cause like certain churches would kind of pick and choose from the Bible and things like that. So, so, and then, and then when I met my wife, when we were going to college, um, I moved over, over to Spokane where I live now to go to, um, school. And then I met her and then I've been going to her church ever since. So okay. for, for about 12 years now, um, it's called Faith Bible Church. It's a, a non-denominational Christian church, so, so I've just been kind of went off and on, and the church I'm in mean, now, I'm really happy with. It's a really great um, group of people, and it's I mean, it feels more like a family than anything. And really great teachings and everything, so I'm really happy with it. So kind of glad I found it.
0: Cool. Is the church is that a church you feel like you can be honest with uh, with the people that you know? Like I said, more of a family setting or
1: yeah i mean every everybody's really cool especially i mean the growth group that we're in you know i mean i've had people in the past once they find out i'm really into into horror movies they kind of i don't know if they like judge me but they're just kind of like you know how they can be like <laughs> <laughs> like how can you be a christian and watch that stuff or yeah you
0: know. yeah i used to work for uh for a company called c2weight they had a christian clothing line called notw and oh, okay Uh, the owner, the owner was, I ran into that at at that job, you know, because I was super into horror movies. And even like, even my, my immediate boss was the owner's sister. and She was into horror movies too, or she had bought Rosemary's Baby and she was all excited about watching Rosemary's Baby again. And uh, we would always get into weird conversations with the owner because he was in the weekly Bible studies, he would be He would call out certain movies like Hellboy and things like that, you know, and I can't believe anyone would watch those movies. So there's always that, you know, over the company, we always had that talking with him. He always would look down on any of us because there's me and a few other people who liked scary movies or punk rock or hardcore. It's good that you don't feel that from from that church overall. I mean, yeah, people will kind of give you some uh, some looks, of course. Yeah. And
1: I mean, it's not like something I openly talk about. at
0: church, right.
1: Yeah, up, but I mean especially like on uh, Facebook I'm always posting what I'm watching and stuff so I'm sure there's people out there just kind of like what the hell is he watching now? <laughs> you know yeah
0: <laughs> when did you start getting into um, horror movies and, and punk rock and stuff like that was that more high school or uh,
1: <clears throat> I've always liked horror yeah. movies actually my dad and I um, who's kind of a I probably started watching them a little too young. I was probably like nine, <laughs> but like my dad was, he loved horror movies too. And so we'd watch like the Friday, the 13th movie every time it came out on video. So it was kind of a, a, a tradition that we would have. And so, um, but yeah, my parents were pretty lenient as far as what I watched. I was probably watching stuff a little too young, but I kind of got into punk in like high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like the, cause I had a friend that was really into like metal. And so I, I kind of want probably like five, fifth or sixth grade, got into metal and moved into more of like, um, you know, like the SoCal mm-hmm. punks as in high school and stuff. So
0: that's, that's interesting because like my journey to like punk rock and, and metal and stuff like that was totally out of like defiance of what my parents wanted me to listen to. <laughs> and I think the same thing with horror movies. Um, it's interesting, like no matter what background I think you have, you're, if you're kind of wired for that kind of nonconformist mentality I think you always end up finding punk rock and horror movies and stuff like that I think it, it finds you in a way
1: yeah and it's it's kind of funny now because some of my wife's friends are all like dyeing their hair like pink and all these weird colors and I'm like when I was in high school you know that was I mean it's just like soccer moms and stuff now <laughs> or dyeing their hair and it's just like back when we were in high school like everybody thought we were crazy for having like green hair yeah so it's kind of interesting
0: yeah, I'm always wondering what my kids are gonna, what they're gonna do to rebel. Because I know, I know it's coming. I know it's gonna happen. And it's just, uh, maybe it'll be in like a positive way. You know? Yeah. That- they'll they'll rebel by getting good grades and, you know, <laughs> studying like law <laughs> or something. So you kind of had a, kind of a moderate Christian background. Um, nothing too, nothing too crazy. You know, I was brought up very strict Christian background and and i think that kind of molded me with who i am today and who kind of uh you know like when you run into the big questions you know i i felt like i couldn't ask my parents the the big big questions cuz i would they would get frustrated and just say no you just you just need to believe but you you were kind of raised in a more kind of easygoing like fig, kind of figure this out on your own did your parents play a role in like teaching you or or molding you on the, the facts of life as far as who God was or anything, or was it just something that they were letting you discover?
1: When I was younger, like, I remember having a few talks with my dad,
0: you know, the basics and stuff. I mean, because he wasn't, like,
1: he grew up Catholic, and so he he kind of rejected that after he moved out and got married and everything. So I just remember having talks with him about, you know, who Jesus Christ was when I was really young and, you know, how to accept him as my personal savior and praying together and things like that so just kind of basic discussions that we had and stuff
0: yeah what sparked kind of me wanting to bring you on and was our things that we've gone through personally with people close to us dying and you told me that within a year and a half both of your parents passed away
1: i guess i'll kind of start with my mom because my actually still living at home because i i got my AA. um where I grew up. So I got my AA there and then I moved two hours away to where I, I, I met my wife to go to school. And then she actually moved, um, about four hours away. Cause she, well, like when we met, she had already planned on going to this other school. So, um, we were dating about a year and then she ended up moving there. And then I, I, uh, moved back home. Um, for about a year because there was some classes I wanted to take at home. So I figured since she's moving back, I'll move back home and everything. So, And when I moved back home, um, it seemed like every weekend I was going to visit her and stuff. And so I one of the weekends I came home, I found out my mom had – she'd just been diagnosed with lung cancer. Well, mm-hmm. She went in and she um, – it found like a growth. and At first, I didn't know it was cancer. So that was a really hard time because mm-hmm. I'd never – dealt with anyone with cancer before and I knew lung cancer was really bad. So there was like a few months there where, you know, she was going to the doctor a lot. And then by the time she was actually diagnosed, I had actually moved back to um, Spokane, you know, to finish up school and everything. And so, but during the time that she, she was diagnosed, um, it would have been like around 2001. And so she ended up living for about four years because it seemed like it would she she was going through chemo and it would they would get it you know they would wait a few months and then it just seemed like it kept coming back and coming back and yeah. so around the time she passed away it would she'd had chemo like around five or six different times so she just couldn't have any any more chemo and she ended up dying from uh, basically just like her her whole body shutting down you know mm-hmm. that was really hard because I think my parents kind of shielded me from a lot. Of what was going on, because they didn't want me to worry and stuff like that. So around that time, I was just kind of, I don't know if I was mad at at God, but I was just kind of like, why is this happening to me, you know, and I'm just like, I don't know, it was just like a lot of emotions going through you and stuff, and um, it was just really hard. And then when my mom, my, my, my mom passed away in about 2005, and I would go home as much as I. Could to visit my dad and stuff because he he took it pretty hard because they were uh, obviously they were married over like 30 years yeah. yeah yeah so it was it was just rough and I noticed he had started going back to church around um well him and my mom actually like the a year or two before she passed away they got really active in a friend of theirs church which you know was really nice to see you know so um because for a while they hadn't really been active in any church or anything so um about a year and a half later, it was right before uh, my wife and I were going to get married. It was about a month before we were going to get married. Um, her and her mom went to Ireland. So I was like house-sitting for them. So one morning I woke up and um, I had like seven voicemails. And um, I was like, oh, that's strange. And so I I got a call from my uh, stepbrother that I guess my dad had had an
0: aneurysm. Oh, wow.
1: And um, – I didn't really know any details. I didn't really know much about aneurysms, and but they f- flew him over to Spokane where I lived, and uh, it was like the worst one you could have. So that was like on a Friday, and he ended up passing away like two days later.
0: Oh wow! It
1: was just so surreal because I had talked to him a couple days before on the phone, you know, and it, you never expect that it's gonna be the last time you talk to him. Yeah. Now that I think about it, that was October like yourself because that was October 1st and he passed away. So within a year and a half, you know, losing both your parents. And then at that time, I was just kind of... Um, it's kind of hard to explain. What I, I just kind of... We would go to church, but I just kind of withdrew because...
0: Uh, when anyone goes through grief or, or you lose someone, you, it's almost like you're in a daze, you know? I mean, I, I feel like... And it was just my neighbor, but he was a a cool guy. But, I mean, I felt like just after his death, the next two weeks almost flew by because I was just, you know, every day was kind of a blur because you're just kind of in shock in a way. Mm -hmm. So with you, I would imagine that would be amplified.
1: Especially with my dad because I didn't really, it happened so fast. With my mom, I kind of, I mean, I was always optimistic even though, um, I knew, you know, there wasn't a high percentage of her, you know, surviving from it, but it was like several years. So it, even though you have a lot of time to prepare for, you, you know, you still can't really prepare for something like that. So, yeah.
0: so you were you kind of withdrew from church. Would you not, would you just go and, and leave or you talk to anybody or how, what was that kind of you, your relationship with church like at, at that point?
1: At that point, I mean, we would go to church. We didn't really, um, I wouldn't say we had a lot of, friends at church around that time I mean, there was like acquaintances that we knew but it just kind of seemed like we'd go to church as soon as it was it was over leave we didn't really um weren't really involved with any you know um, ministries or any extra things outside of you know just going to church so I think for a while there I was not going on a super consistent basis so it's not like I was like missing it on purpose but if something came up or if like maybe I was out too late the night before, maybe, you know, didn't get up on time, things like that. I just didn't make it a priority, you know, so.
0: So were you you feeling like more kind of just complacent with your faith or what was going on there with um, your relationship with with God at at that point?
1: I would say I I was complacent, just kind of, it seemed like I was just going to church, just go to church. I wasn't really getting anything out of it. Mm -hmm. Going through the motions and not really, I was just kind of withdrawing from god just because just questioning why you know um he let you know something like this happen you know so close together and just i don't know i just kind of withdrew for a while um i really wasn't discussing anything with my wife i just kind of kept it to myself just because you know it's probably better to talk about it with her at the time you know but i just kind of felt like oh i'm fine i'll just you know keep it inside things like that
0: yeah and, that, and that's always i think i i do the same thing you're told it's always best to talk your feelings out <laughs> everything maybe guys like us maybe, maybe it's a personality trait or something like that but i i always keep things kind of closed in and try to deal with them on my own and until something kind of triggers me to you know react in anger or 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 something like that did anything like that happen to you did you keep keep it bottled up till you couldn't any longer or or what was how did you start i guess coming to grips with everything as far as like this is this is the new reality i need to move on from here like was there anything that kind of caused that realization that you just needed it had to go on or
1: after a while i kind of realized that i was
0: kind of being selfish in a way
1: just cuz i'm like well i see people around me deal with grief as well. Some people even, even worse than what I've gone through. And there was a guy at our church, he was probably in his early thirties and he was diagnosed with cancer and ended up passing away. But the way he dealt with it and um, he just kind of was super happy, had grace and just, he was still active in the church up and up until the time he passed away. And I, I just kind of, Saw things like that around me, and I was like, "Well, I just kind of came to grips with it, you know, just trusting God." And just, I just kind of think I was, you know, a, a little selfish at the time, you know. It's understandable in in a way, but we kind of became more active in the church and um, started talking to some great people. And I mean, I just, I kind of prayed more and just kind of tried to be more active and ministries, had a great growth group, and then we kind of helped with, like, children's ministry and stuff like mm-hmm.
0: that. So you started kind of trying to give give back to those around you through the, through the church mm-hmm. in a way. With me, like, what happened with me was I kind of did a kind of a deconstruction of, of my faith and kind of broke it all down and started from square one. Did you have anything like that for you? Were you close to just kind of... Giving up on God and, and all that, or or did you not go through that? I wouldn't say
1: I was close to just like giving up completely. Mm-hmm. I still liked um, the doctrine of our church and everything, and I kind of withdrew, but I still had faith. But I it was, you know, there were times there where I was very, um, wasn't really participating at all. I was just kind of doing the very minimal. So, I mean, I'm, but there was a point there where I was kind of thought long and hard, you know, about what I believed and what, um, and I was just able to get answers, you know, because for um, a couple of years ago, we had, um it's like these classes they have every once in a while where you can bring up, you know, deep questions and stuff like that that you have, and I got some really good answers there, so...
0: What were some of the the deep questions? Do you remember any of the deep questions you had and the, and, the, and the answers you received back?
1: One of them that I had was you know I was dealing with uh, the circumstances that I went through, basically dealing with how how that is sovereign and you know at the time conflicts with that and they there was a uh, a guy at our church that re- he um, had this like two hour class basically going deep into that and um, I just felt. Really convicted after going through that. That's probably one of the main ones that I remember.
0: Mm-hmm. What was the main conviction you were feeling when through that class? I
1: trusting in God up until that point. And partly was I wasn't really putting any effort into it at the time, too. I mean, I wasn't really praying, I wasn't um, trusting in God, you know, as far as aspects of my life and stuff like that. I think after putting in a lot of effort towards that and just praying more and then just kind of trusting in God at that point so
0: up to that point like how much had you spent like with with the Bible is it just as you're in church did you try to study more what what's been your up to this point what was your relationship with the Bible itself
1: yeah up until that point I mean I didn't really spend a lot of time really outside of our Bible study you know mm-hmm. it's and even then, I would just kind of, like, read through the chapter that we were going through and just kind of answering the questions. Since then, it's made me want to go into specific books, just get as much as I can. And the way we do it now, it's kind of nice. We go through, like, two books a year in our growth group, and it's it goes in pretty deep. And then um, a lot of the questions that are... Um, Addressed aren't really just kind of like basic answers. You know, you you go really deep into the, each chapter and stuff. So that's really helped a lot. Mm-hmm. We're also doing a the thing. They're really big on, because a lot of the um, elders and uh, leaders in our church are kind of older. So they're trying to bring up younger um, people. So they have a, a couple programs. Um, we go to this thing once a month where we have to read. Um, it's a moody book of theology that's really I've really learned a lot from that so we just have to read chapters from that and then there's a series of questions we meet like once a month or
0: mm-hmm. something so it's been about this is about uh, about 10 ten years nine or ten years since your parents passed
1: mm-hmm. yeah correct?
0: but so since then what have been the avenues you've taken to try to understand you know who God is to you and 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 who Jesus is to you I mean I've a A
1: few friends, you know, um, outside of our church that, you know, I think have helped a lot, and and not just in talking strictly um, about the Bible, but just, you know, giving me um, a perspective on my journey itself, you know, just having, you know, strong supportive people around you has helped a lot. And then even people within our church, we have a other people that are in our growth group are really great people. Um, I think that's helped a lot. I kind of do a lot of activities outside of church and strong friendships and things like that. I think have helped quite a bit.
0: Yeah, good. I think a good support system of, of people to talk to is definitely definitely important. Do you do you kind of have moments of uh, grief happen periodically with things that remind you uh, of your parents or um, what do things ever sneak up on you? I know that happens with with my wife, um, especially because she had lost her brother about um, I want to say about eight years back. It, it kind of sneaks up in weird places. Have you ever? Does, does that happen to you?
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like almost every day there's something that reminds me. And I mean, I see it as a positive, just because it makes me think about them more and i remember them more and you know there's always some something that happens that you know it triggers a, a positive a memory that we had or you know i mean and occasionally i'll have like a dream where like my parents will be in it and it's just you know i mean when you wake up it's kind of sad because you know it's just a dream but i mean it's just nice even having things like that you know to um you know, still have those memories and think of them. But, I mean, it's kind of bittersweet, you know, because, I mean, it's sad that they're not here, but i constantly having things like that come up. So, I mean, it seems like I'm always thinking about them, yeah. and it's just... I just see it more of as a positive than
0: anything, you know? Yeah. I guess that's a good way to look at it. I mean, it's, it's, it's strange because when people people are here and then they're and then they're gone but they're in a in a way if they're a part of your life like they're still here forever like a part of of them kind of lives on through you you know um which is it it's a really odd thing you know and, it, and it's something that I think about frequently just how one one person or two people can can still live on in in a way you know it's really really weird what what you kind of think about it and ponder on it have you been able to use this to help anyone else who's gone through this what kind of advice have you given other people have you has has that happened
1: i haven't really had a chance to you know have like a long conversation with someone and it's it's always kind of like i've i've known somebody that's dealing with it and i extend you know if they ever need to talk about it things like that Mm -hmm. one of my um really close friends his sister had a, a boyfriend that um, passed away from leukemia pretty young. And so that, that was really rough, but I wasn't like super close with her, but I just kind of, you know, I told her if she ever needs to talk yeah. about it, oh, you're going through and things like that.
0: So. Yeah. And then really that's, that's, that's all you can do, you know, Yeah. you can't force on anyone, but uh, just, I think just being there and knowing and knowing that someone is, is there that has gone through it. I think that's, that helps even just knowing that. So yeah. who would you say that, um, that God is to you like right now? Like how do you sum up God and all this?
1: I can talk to him about anything. Um, just whatever's going on in my life. Um, it's just nice to be able to pray and just, I know that no matter what's going on, good or bad, that, you know, I can just trust in him and, you know, that everything's going to work out for the best and no matter what it is. Um, I just have a total faith and trust in him. So that's kind of a nice feeling to have and, and no matter what. Um, and one thing that's kind of has caused me to um, really step up too is, you know, it's like we don't have any kids yet, but we're trying at this point but I mean I I just kind of want to be a better you know like um, spiritual leader for our family and stuff so because there's been times where I've noticed that my wife you know um she's hasn't really got on me but you can kind of tell that she thought I wasn't really being the uh, the best spiritual leader you know um and I mean it's not um I mean, it wasn't something that was like a huge problem or anything. It's just, I mean, I was being lazy, you know, and, you know, I I even knew it myself and it's just kind of nice to have someone to, <laughs> to uh, remind you of that basically.
0: Yeah, yeah that, that's been a, a point of contention in my kind of deconstruction of my faith is my wife's, um, you know, for the kids, like, you know, that, I, that I'm that i not being that piece of the puzzle in, in the family, you know, that all these questions are that I've had and, and all everything that I've gone through in, the, in this in this journey for the search for truth, like ultimate truth, you know, it's not laying down a firm foundation but I, I kind of take that in a stride. I think that I'm going to be I'm going to be there for my kids when tough questions happen and I kind of look at it that way. I want to let my kids, give them the foundation of kind of grace, ultimate grace and love and kind of go from there and, and as they have questions, hopefully I'm there to talk to them and, and everything. And that's kinda of how I see my spiritual leadership in the family is. It's not, you know, the one person that um has all the answers, but at least I'm I can be there to help um to kind of encourage thought and encourage study and and, and encourage kind of deeper questions. So I think I think there's different levels of spiritual leadership. Um does your your church kind of do they kind of think that have it like uh that that the man is the ultimate spiritual leader type thing or how does that is that is that kind of a church doctrine thing? How does your church kind of handle that, you know, spiritual leadership stuff?
1: I mean, as far as like being able to lead like women aren't really in roles of leadership, but I mean, I know a lot of especially like in our growth group. Um the leaders that we it's a husband and wife and they uh, the wife is pretty active too. So I would say it's kind of 50, 50, but, um, there are certain instances that I've noticed where, you know, the church is kind of steadfast that, you know, the man is the spiritual leader, Mm -hmm. but I've kind of seen different areas where it's like the wife is very supportive and she's active as a leader too, but Mm -hmm. I'm, and it's like I don't know if, if it's like this at your church, but it just seems kind of like, and and my wife is kind of I felt like too that like a lot of the women don't really work, and it's it's not like they um, say the women can't work, but it just seems like in our church a lot of the women you know stay at home and and my wife works and she likes you know having a career and stuff and she just kind of it gets. Annoyed sometimes because a lot of the events are more, you know, the ones that are geared towards women are kind of like in the mornings and stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> obviously when she can't go and stuff.
0: But. Right. My wife's a career oriented uh, person too. She's, you know, she has, she's always worked and, and even when she's tried not to work, she always gets the itch to work. <laughs> so I think every, every woman's different. With that, but um, but you know, I I think you know in main kind of um, I guess modern American, I guess Christianity, the the main mainstream Christianity. I don't know, I don't even know. Um, that seems to be the it falls into that. You know, the mainline Christianity that the uh, the you know the husband works, the woman takes care of the of the, of the home and the kids, and yeah. yeah, and the husband's the spirit the spiritual leader, and you know, kind of. But then when you kind of lean more towards more liberal leaning churches, it's a little bit different there's women in, you know, uh, this who are pastors and in leadership positions and things like that. But, you know, it's all it's all what works for you, in yeah, my opinion. Yeah. What's been the biggest thing that's helped you kind of move on from dealing with the the, the death of your parents?
1: Um I would say other than, you know, having Having a strong support group. I think the thing that's really helped is, um, is my wife. Cause I mean, if I wouldn't have, you know, if she wouldn't have been in the picture, it, I mean, yeah, I have friends and stuff that are supportive, but having someone like my wife was great, you know, just, I just felt that having those thoughts of anger, um, weren't really worth it. You know, I just felt that I needed to move on and, um, Having the a strong support from you know friends and family and and then just kind of working through that really helped. So
0: mm-hmm. let's well, go. I mean, it, it sounds like you didn't. Um, I mean, everyone's different, and there's different, uh, I guess, depths of 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 anger and darkness people can can go to when they deal with grief. And it sounds like you had because your support group, uh, your your friends and and family, and your your wife, that you fortunately didn't have to go. You know you didn't you didn't hit rock bottom which is which is good I mean a lot of people will kind of spiral out into hitting like a rock bottom in their in their faith and, and and everything else and let it just kind of consume consume them so but you you fortunately didn't didn't hit um didn't have to go that far right yeah exactly yeah that's that's important I think that's why there's a lot of um I know that when my brother-in-law died there was there's a support group called heavenbound that my in-laws found it was super beneficial i think with them mourning the loss of of their son you know my wife's brother and and I, th- I think that's important i think i would say if, if if you're someone dealing with with grief if you don't have a strong support group try to find one go to a nearby church or nearby uh i don't even know where you would f- Fine air. I mean, Facebook maybe even you know looks for things in your location. You know, Facebook may be a good place to kind of search, but it's not going to benefit you or to kind of deal with it on your on your own. So I guess that's the kind of advice I would I would give someone if they were going through through grief. Would you Would you agree? Or
1: oh yeah, definitely. I mean, the rate of suicide has gotten crazy um, recently, and it's, I mean, even. I've known a few people here, you know, locally and stuff that not, I I haven't known the people well that have committed suicide, but, you know, just kind of through other people that I knew. And it's Mm -hmm. just kind of sad that, you know, you know, they didn't have that, um, support group, you know, or basically to be able to work through their issues. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. I think important.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, it's weird to say for me, just because I'm so I'm skeptical of certain churches and things like that. But I think you know, I think the best place to start your search would be a local church because they send they tend to uh, be a good resource, you know, for this type of thing to at least get get started. Um, so you didn't, fortunately, you didn't have to join any any support groups or anything like that. You had a strong enough uh, group of people around you that you didn't feel like. You know, I mean, there's, you You feel like you didn't need any extra therapy or anything like that, right?
1: I mean, I mean, there's been times where I thought, I mean, um, I've, I've known people that have went through therapy uh-huh. and I, I know it's a good thing, but I mean, I, I kind of had enough, you know, close friends and family that, you know, I felt that I could talk about anything with. So, I mean, yeah. I just felt I needed actual therapy. So,
0: yeah. There's many times where I think I actually need therapy. I've said that many times on the show, <laughs> for, <laughs> for multiple reasons. But, uh, but yeah, therapy can be a good thing. Um, so so in dealing with all this and and you know your relationship with, with, with God and um, did you feel a moment where you had some clarity as far as who Jesus was in your life? Did you were you going through everything and did you have kind of an aha moment? When you knew that you were in the right place spiritually, or, um, or did it was it just gradual? I know that many people their their stories of their journeys are varied, and some people have like that one moment where they feel like they heard God or they heard Jesus. Has anything like that happened to you with dealing with all this and in, in your journey, or has it been kind of a slow, steady climb?
1: Um, I can't really think of like a, a specific moment where mm-hmm. it was just probably throughout the the process of you know the last few years by just um, praying more and putting a lot more effort in i've I've kind of felt that things that I've prayed about have really helped and you know just the more that I pray and trust in God I've like certain um, decisions that I've wanted to make that I've prayed on you know I've kind of felt like from just praying you know that I was making the right decision and then and mm-hmm. it's working out that way. So, I mean, I can't really think of, you know, like, you know, like a, a defining moment. Yeah. In,
0: in America here, we're pretty sensationalist society. And, and um, you know, a lot of churches kind of prey on that little bit where they want to hear the spectacular story. And all the stories you hear about are these spectacular things where, like, the skies opened up or somebody heard an audible voice or things like that. But I think most of us, you know, most of us kind of going through these journeys, it's, it's not like that. And I think... For for me, it's it's a point of where I feel like am I doing something wrong? You know that I'm not hearing having any crazy uh, stories to tell. But I think I, I really think it's most of us. It's most of us on this journey. It's a slow, steady progress. You know, it's kind of a our one-on-one relationship with God or or whoever you want to call Him or Her. I don't know. Little, yeah. you know. <laughs> but but yeah it's it's a you know a faith journey is one that's has many turns and I, I don't and i'm i think a lot of people need to hear more kind of grounded stories of of faith you know and i and because otherwise i feel like you would get frustrated and i know I, I know i do if i i just heard uh there's a podcast it's with uh have you heard of the band gunger yeah, uh, Michael Gunger. He was a worship leader, and now he's kind of in the past few years kind of gone through his deconstruction and uh, of faith, and he's going through things. and He has a um, podcast called the Lit- the Liturgist. Believe I say it right?
1: Oh, I uh, I, th- I think I saw you like
0: yeah. I've been something. I've been tweeting the shit out of it because <laughs> it's been it's been really great. It's actually a really great podcast. Um, way better than mine, but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. They're good, but there, there's one where I mean, there the co-host science Mike he he had he was an atheist for he was Christian to atheist back to Christian, uh, but his his faith a little bit different than kind of the mainstream I guess Christianity. But but he's back Christian, you know, uh, believing in Jesus and 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 everything. But um, he had like this amazing story that made me like well up, and I was just crying in my cubicle. And but Michael Gunger hasn't had that experience. He's still searching, and he and he kind of felt bad, you know, about it. But I'm like, but I'm sitting here in my car or whatever, listening to this podcast, and I'm just thinking, like, well, that's most of us, Michael. You know, like most of us are like you, and and it's it's funny because you see someone like Michael Gunger, who's a who was a worship leader, and you you just think, oh, he felt it every week when he's you know on stage leading worship, right? Because that's why he's the worship leader. He's more in touch with God. Um, so it's amazing. it's been incredible to kind of see him on his own faith journey. It kind of makes me feel a little more grounded with the past few years how I've deconstructed my faith and have been kind of searching for the ultimate I guess truth in things and kind of trying to read the Bible and, and approach things differently. So I think I think as long as we're not certain about everything, I think we're all on a good path. That's kind of where I, I come from. where where do you, Where do you stand as far as that goes? Do you feel pressured to kind of understand it all now or what's the, the church you're in? How do they approach?
1: I think they're really great. I mean, I think they want everybody to continue to grow. They don't, I mean, I don't feel pressured at all to be um, an expert, you know, y- yet. Um, it's just kind of uh, interesting. Cause when we, uh, my wife and I started this, it's called like SEAL training, it's basically like a way to equip like new leaders in the church, and uh, we we went to a couple meetings. It's like once a month, but like some of the people in there, man, it's like you hear them talking, and it's like, well, I'm like way behind, you know, <laughs> where where they're at. Um, so it's kind of uh, intimidating in a way, but I'm just gonna I go at my pace, and I, mm. I I don't feel pressured.
0: No one's pressuring you to give up the music and the horror movies yet. Not yet. Um. <laughs> do Do you um here is one thing I wanted I wanted to ask you do you, do you I feel like I've approached horror movies from a different perspective I think since losing a couple people th- that I was close with but there's sometimes where I kind of crave it I'll crave them a little more because they do I guess touch on life and death and the uncertainty of uh, of it all did your approach to horror movies change for a while when you, when you were going through all that? I, it's funny because the, the week, the week that my brother-in-law passed away, I immediately went out and I was just, and he likes scary movies and stuff too. And I immediately went out to Best Buy and grabbed, and I bought as many horror movies as I possibly could. It's really weird.
1: I would say I, it's changed a little bit. Cause when, when I was in college, I worked at Suncoast and my, um, manager there he was i don't know i mean he's the kind of guy that um probably seen like every horror movie and like he turned me on to a lot of like so back then i was just kind of like my mindset was i was trying to watch some i just wanted to see something that was gonna like shock me or something you know trying to watch everything i could and then you know after all of this happened i mean I wouldn't say that my taste has changed a lot, but it, I mean, I'm not really into the like, you know, the hardcore gory stuff. You know, where it doesn't really serve a, pers- a purpose, you know, or doesn't really, you know, bring anything to the story and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I don't know. It's just kind of more selective about watching the really. I don't. There's a lot of like, especially like in the face, Facebook group. I mean, there's all these really, really bad you know, like independent horror movies that I'm like, I'm not, I don't really have any interest in seeing those just because half of them aren't, aren't good, but.
0: (laughs) There's the quality issue, number one.
1: I can't really think of any, anything specific, like after that happened, that like, oh no, I don't want to watch this or.
0: Yeah. uh, Seems like
1: a lot of this stuff that, you know, and then I watched with my dad, you know, that's kind of like a sentimental, you know aspect to it so you know you're always kind of it seems like when you rewatch them they're not as great as you remember sentimental you know
0: aspect to them and stuff so yeah yeah you approach it more like oh you know because you you do you think like maybe like oh this is a movie that my dad would have liked if you're watching like a newer movie or do you approach these films that way because i know i know that i approach film that way with my brother-in-law for sure because he was way into like sci-fi and horror movies and things like that and i'm always like, oh, man, he really, he would have really dug that flick, you know?
1: Yeah, sometimes I'll find myself thinking like that, like, oh, yeah, I'm sure my dad would have liked it, you know? And one thing that's kind of interesting is uh, a, uh, a few nights ago, like, uh, there's this theme park pretty close to where I live uh, with a friend of mine. They have, you know, like the whole Halloween thing. But they have a roller coaster there. That used to be at Knott's Berry Farm, like when I was a kid, and it was kind of funny because my dad went on. He wanted me to go on it with him. Um, but I was too scared. I was probably like eight or nine or something. And uh, it's kind of funny because they have it here now. And I have went on it several times and it's probably like one of my favorite roller coasters to go on. So, so I don't know if part of the reason why I like going on it is just because I remember uh, that whole aspect that I never went on it with him or whatever. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. 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 Very fascinating how your your brain works with all that and kind of with memories and, and dealing with that. Well, cool, man. I want, I want to thank you for, you know, sharing your story. Uh, yeah. With us, and I'm hoping my, my hope is, you know, if uh, if any of you are listening, you you know, hopefully, this kind of uh, helped you guys through anything you're going through, and and uh, you know, I think we're all kind of on this this weird journey, and I feel like the older we get, the more people are going to be coming in in and out of our lives, and. And we we're not guaranteed another day, so it's my idea behind you know is just to live life to its fullest while I'm here and and make an, as much of an impact as I can, positive impact, you know, on those around me. And it's really all that's really all I can do is just enjoy life and enjoy those around me, and uh, hopefully, yeah. hopefully, when I go, people will have some good stories <laughs> <laughs> and a massive movie sale because I know that. <laughs> My wife's not gonna want to keep all these.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, I really do, you know, wish you all the all the best of this, and I'm I'm glad it's it's cool to see that you've dealt with this, you know, really po- like really positively, like 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 you said, you didn't uh, like go to the deepest darkest places. You you really had a good support group and good good people surrounding you, so. So that's great. All right, man. Thank you for talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was fun.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. I want to thank all of you for listening to the show. You can track us down over at the AXPX.com. I would love to hear from you, your stories, uh, your journey, the things that you are going through and, um, you know, frustrations or things that are awesome with, uh, with your, your faith journey or, or whatever it is that you're that you're on, uh, you can find us on Twitter at the axpx. Drop us a line there. And I want to thank all of you for uh, reconnecting with the show. Those of you who uh, have listened to the past and are picking this back up again, I'll thank all of you and welcome all of you for, for coming back and listening to this. Hope you guys enjoy it and get something out of it. And uh, you know, I'm kind of playing it by ear as things go along here. So if you have any Suggestions for guests or anything like that. I would love to hear from you or suggestions on topics. And I know some old uh, voices are coming back to the show in the next few weeks here. Uh, Probably have Joey back on, as well as a few other guests, and uh, as well as new guests. So, hope you all have a great week. I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye bye. We must search for what is truth? What is truth? And what is God? you don't really want an answer to that question. The first duty is to the truth, whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth.
1: That's really what you want in life. You want to feel connected. You want to feel relevant. You want to feel like you're a participant in the goings on of activities and events around you. That's precisely
0: what we are just by being alive.